Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Griefsters. I hope you're having, I guess what, I hope you're having an okay week, as I say every week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have been enjoying this series of The Griefcast, please do remember you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you have been enjoying it, and you can rate and review individual episodes. It just helps other people find the show, makes a big difference. Um, also, just to let you know, we are going to be at Latitude Festival, which is very exciting. We're going to be there on the Sunday at one o'clock in the podcast tent. I think it's called The Listening Post. Um, so you can find us. It will be me. <laughs> it'll be me talking to three other comedians uh yet to be confirmed uh, about death and funerals and the usual live episode fun so if you're going to be at latitude do come and find us there this week a very special live episode with the brilliant comedians greg davis and barry castagnola uh, we recorded this episode in Leicester uh, in conjunction with Dying Matters Week, which was in May, and also uh, to raise funds for Loros Hospice in Leicestershire. Loros is an amazing hospice, which Greg is a patron of. Um, it supports 2,500 terminally ill patients and their loved ones every year, and they offer all sorts of holistic services. There's day therapies, there's this beautiful, huge room where they can come and do craft and talk to each other, and it's just a really welcoming, amazing place. We had a little tour of it, and it was 
not what you, I think some people think of hospices, you know, it's a really positive, beautiful place. It costs £8 million to run Loris every year and £6 million of which is relied on through voluntary income. So, yeah, it's shocking, isn't it? You always sort of think hospices are just there, but obviously they're there because people volunteer and raise funds and do things like like Greg is doing to raise awareness of them. But it was a really, really wonderful chat that we had. Both Greg and Barry have lost their dads, and so obviously it was very focused on the Dead Dad Club for this episode. Uh, we recorded it just at a cafe in Leicester, which they gave us for the night, and we had, there was some music beforehand, and cakes, and tea, and drink, and it was just a really lovely opportunity to talk about death in a positive way, which is obviously what we try and do with this show. So, I hope you enjoy. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi, I'm Cariad. Um, thank you so much for coming. Um, does anyone listen to the show? Don't worry if you don't yet. Oh, great. Some people are aware of what this is going to be. Um, if you don't listen to the show, don't worry. Oh, hi, up in the expensive seats. Hi. Um, so basically, we're just going to have a chat about death and grief in a very relaxed, easy way. Uh, if we have time for a Q&A, we might have some questions at the end. Okay, so I'm going to bring on down to the stage two very excellent comedians. Please put your hands together, everybody, for Greg Davis and Barry Castagnola, everybody. <laughs> It felt a bit like Wogan. Didn't they used to walk downstairs like that Wogan? We were in a room uh, just there. I'm, I'm not quite sure why we were... <laughs> no, why well, we had to... We had, we had to go up to make some dramatic entrance for you, but I liked it. Pretty showbiz. It was very showbiz, and I, it's good to start chats about death in showbiz fashion. Um, so I'm going to go straight in there, because that's what the job of this is. Greg, is death something you think about a lot? Are you somebody who worries about it, has like death anxiety? Or you yeah. Are you, are you, you do. I, would say I'm, I would say I'm weirdly obsessed by it. Welcome. But, but not, yeah. <laughs> but not, um, not so much about myself. I don't really know how I, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. the inevitability that I'm going to die. But I am, I am obsessed with it in a way that perhaps you can help me work out. Sure. In that there isn't a dead person who's achieved any level of fame that, that I can't tell you how they died. Oh, really? <laughs> and I don't know why. I, 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 I mean, I've, to be honest with you, I've even asked a, a psychotherapist why. So, but, what, yeah. so you like to find out how they died? Yeah. And where they were at in their life when they died. Okay, so who's your favourite so far at the moment of like... I don't know whether I have a dead... Because I'm not sort of amused by how they died. No, no, but who's I your like, have, oh, that's... I'm glad I know that. Well, I, I just have such... I have such an encyclopedic knowledge of celebrity death. <laughs> Justin, try it. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. Like, okay. And don't go in easy. Don't go on, in, on an Elvis or something no, like that. No, I wasn't going to Elvis. I'm Test me. Of, uh, Steve Jobs. Oh, cancer. Oh, yeah but, yeah, but what type of cancer? Okay, mm-hmm. pancreatic. Oh, good work. Thank you. <laughs> You're not going to dissect me with those little tools, mate. <laughs> but what, like, did you, like, work at what you said? Is it just how they died? That's your obsession. Yeah, and I don't, I, I, you know, I'm joking, but I don't know why. I don't know what the morbid oh. interest is, but there's obviously, you know, there is some fascination with the way yeah. uh, the stage that people are at in life when they uh, shuffle off this mortal coil. How old is coil. he then? Do you remember that? 
Joss. Yeah. I, I don't know his exact age, but I never claim to be able to know their ages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So not that specific. Barry, do you, is it something you think about every day, or is it like not on your brain? It's not something I worry about, I don't think. I think my uh, lifestyle is testament to that. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I, I do... I think, I think less than worrying about actually dying, it's more of a worry of not fitting in enough oh, into yeah. life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If there's certain yeah. things that, that you feel you, you should have a, achieved. Do you yeah. mean there, yeah. I, there was uh, genuinely a little while ago I, I, was, um, I was going through my Sky Plus and thought, I don't think I'm going to watch everything on here. <laughs> and, and let alone read all the books that I've got. Right, and, and it's just stuff like that that I just feel, yeah. I feel, it's not so much a, a worry about dying, it's a, it's a real worry about time just passing by too quickly and, and, and I, another I, year older. I think that sort of weirdly ties into my, my obsession. Okay. With, I, I think it does, but because it, it's not that I'm interested in how a celebrity died per se, it's more that, that it's on record of where they were, what, they were, what they'd yeah, achieved. Yeah and what level of happiness they were at in their life. And, and because that information is accessible. Yeah. So it's not so much about the celebrity, it's more about... The amount that you can know about someone yeah. once they're dead. Yeah. yeah. I did Who Do You Think uh, Who Do You Think You Are, and we got stuck into death records then oh of, my God, yeah. of, of people from my family yeah. and, and what point they were at when they passed and started to unfold these sort of miniature dramas of people who are long dead. Yeah. Um, and I am obsessed with that sort of detail. And I think it ties in with, yeah. did they get to do everything they wanted to do? It's interesting, it? yeah, because sometimes I think there's like, there's the point of death. So I think you're either obsessed with the living bit or like the death bit or the after bit. Do you know what I mean? And I think I'm really obsessed with like dying, just the act of dying. Like, how's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Like, I want to... Doing stuff before that, I'm not so bothered about because I sort of think it doesn't really matter. You're still going to die. <laughs> so I just think. So are you worried about how? It's oh yeah, I've got death anxiety massively. It's like literally, I found I, I interviewed a guest called Lauren Silver who was so obsessed with it. She made her psychotherapist give her a term, and then they were like, "You've got death anxiety," and I was like, "Yes, me too." Now I've got names. <laughs> <laughs> but it's quite common if you've lost a parent as a teenager because you've lost a foundation very young so you don't trust anything because you're a bit like anything could go at any point because right. you didn't really get to a, like a ripe old age before something massive happened do you find that that then makes you um i mean not go oh i'm gonna live each day like it's the last but do you, do you feel like because of the you think about the fragility of, yeah, of yeah. life that you try and do more? I don't think I do more. I think I get a bit zen about it. I'm like, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to die. So it doesn't matter how much. You'll always have books. You'll always have too many films to read. You'll never make all the friends. You'll never see all the countries. Like, it's just this inevitability of death. It's just there. So that's my obsession. It's like, how can we be reading about these people dying when you're going to die? Yeah. Do you think you're avoiding it by looking at the famous people? Well, no, I think that, that I, I think for all the time I've spent thinking about death, I could have read a couple of extra good books. <laughs> uh, I, I genuinely do think it's a waste of time, and it's not something that I'm, yeah. it's not an aspect of my character that I enjoy, that, that uh, often I'll go down that rabbit hole of wondering about an end of life. I do think it's a waste of my time, and, I, and, it, and it frustrates me. Why do you think it's a waste? Just because it's going to happen? There's an, there's an inevitability yeah, to it, yeah. and there are, there are things that you can, you can do to, to perhaps 
you know, slow it down, but it's going to happen. Yeah. If, I think, I don't know, but I think if I wrote down, if I timed the amount of time that I give to thinking about death, it's, it's time wasted. I get, I get, yeah, I think I, I get anxious, like I say, with more with the, with the aging process, because in my mind, there's a, there'll be a point where, and I know it's a generational thing as well, but I'm, you know, I, I haven't got kids, and I feel like I, I look at, say, my mum and dad particularly got married, my dad died at 58, yeah. um, my, but my mum and dad were married, uh, my dad was, I think, 21 when he had my brother, um, so when I look to him and think when he was this age, yeah. he'd been through two divorces, he had a second marriage with another kid, and I go, I'm behind here. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm oh, terrified. And, yeah, and, and <laughs> I just, and, and I look, you know, I, there's been points, there's points in your life where you go, you know, there's a point where I suddenly went, oh my God, most, most of the football players that I admire I'm older than, and now, twice, I, and twice now it's managers. Age. Twice the age. Yeah. 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 I, I, there was a while ago where the, the, I'm, a, I'm a Tottenham fan, and, there's a, and, and the, our manager, Maurizio, I absolutely love our, our, our football manager. And it was the first football manager I really properly admire. And, 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 I, and I remember saying to a friend of mine going, I just look at the way he's with the players. And I go, I wish he was my dad. I wish he was, and he went, you know, and there's an opening and I said, <laughs> for the position. And I said, I, I wish he was my dad. And then he went, He's two years older than you. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't I feel work, like I, it. I worked out that when my dad was my age, I was 45. <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I was a fully formed adult yeah. when my dad was my age. And I don't have kids either, so that... But it feels like there's so much still it, to do. It feels that, like that, the, that the clock like. ticks yeah, loudly. Do you, do you think that the other thing I think is because we don't talk about death so much because it is this sort of like weird subject, like then you sort of have to like hide away or obsess about other aspects of it. Like, whereas if we talked about it more, perhaps do you think you'd be more, like to both of you, do you think you'd be more comfortable with where you are? Because yes. death wouldn't be like this, fuck it, when is it going to come? It'd be like, I, yeah, of course it's going to come. I think the, di the, the difference between talking about death yeah. and thinking about death yes. is marked. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I, I would draw a big distinction between me disappearing down a wormhole yeah, thinking yeah. about death on my own and having an open conversation about it uh, in terms of value. Yeah. I mean, it's far... Uh, uh, talking about it, sharing sharing stories of it is, is uh, not at all time wasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you talk about it all the time. You've still got death anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you do a podcast. I, I still got, I'm on episode 80 of my podcast <laughs> and I still have death anxiety. But it has got, it has got not better, I won't lie, but it's definitely, I've got more aware and more aware when it's happening. Whereas before the podcast, before I talked about death on a weekly basis, I think I was like, I didn't think it was death anxiety. I thought, I think I know when people are going to die. And I <laughs> you thought you had a superpower. I have a superpower. Right. I know when they're going to die. And um, obviously, didn't with my dad. It was a bit of shock. So I uh, <laughs> could, have, could have turned it on then. So I sort of thought, I need to worry for them because they're going to die and they don't realise. So I'd be like, careful crossing that road, Barry. And then you'd be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> be like, in case you die. And that would be... Whereas now I think, don't say that to Barry. It's probably a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, and was that a lot more intense... When, when you were a teenager after that died? Specifically about Barry. <laughs> <laughs> this event is designed to make Barry aware that I'm worried about him. His road safety is poor. Okay? <laughs> left, right, left again, Barry. If you died that way, that's awful, isn't it? That's what I now worry about. There'll be this recording of me predicting, but then my superpower would be true, so that'd be fine. Okay. Um, 
yeah, it was intense as a teenager, but I just, I didn't have the words for it. So I just thought I was, I just thought I was wor like worrying. And then you think, well, worries are valid, aren't they? They're because you, you should be worried about things. So this must be a valid worry that everyone's going to die. And I'm one of those people, like if someone doesn't text me back, they're dead. Like that's what I think. They're dead to you. They're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> Not dead to me, but, but if you, if I say, if we arrange to meet and you're five minutes late, my first thought is, You've been killed. Something's awful. Oh, yeah. Oh, like you've been, and then I go through it in my head of like various ways. And then when you arrive, I'm like, oh. That is okay. very much in my my family's. Uh, yeah. All of my family. That's how we all behave. <laughs> yeah. If a, there's ways. a missed text or a missed call, mm. and it, and I know, and she won't mind me saying it, it comes directly from my mum. Mm. Uh, throughout childhood, if we woke my mum up, if she was yeah. as, asleep, and we w woke her up just to tell her we were going out, she would wake up like this. What? What? <laughs> because I was waking yeah. her up. And if I ring her now and she's not expecting a call, it's always, what's wrong? Yeah. yeah. And I'm going, what's happened? Yeah. Nothing. I was what's just happened? to say, oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mickey Flanagan, you said that uh, lovely line about when you only just had, before mobiles, and you just had the, the one phone that used to be kept on a little round table oh, in the yeah, hallway. Yeah. And he said, and if it rang after nine o'clock, he's going to mum go, who's that call at this time? Someone had better have died. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. So speaking of death, Barry, how do you want to go? Have you thought about this? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, in my sleep. You say that's the dream, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't want to. I don't really want to to know about it. It's, it's, it's interesting that w w the way different people uh, deal with uh, with with dying when 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 they know they're dying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, my uh, my dad when he passed away, he was uh, he, you know he, he had a, he had pancreatic cancer. It's weird because pancreatic cancer. Yeah, it's pancreatic cancer. We've not talked about both our dads yeah, had pancreatic yeah, cancer. Yeah, it's not the most. Wow. It's not the most common of, of cancers. I mean, it's, it's not. It's the fifth most common. Is it cancer, fifth? Is it, it right? It receives the least amount of funding, guys. Yeah, <laughs> but it, I run a marathon for once. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, um, it's, uh, it's, but it's a bit like once you hear about it, it's a bit like when you buy a car, and then suddenly you see all those cars on the yeah, road. Suddenly of, you hear loads of people yeah, that yeah. Where, where you notice how many people have got. Steve uh, Jobs, Patrick Swayze, those yes. are our gang. Those are our gang, guys. Arabella Churchill, Winston Churchill's oh, granddaughter. Yeah, yeah. Was she was pancreatic cancer. She was pancreatic, yeah. Great um, club. <laughs> uh, let me just store all this. <laughs> <laughs> Who else, Greg? So I've got that in the database. I didn't know your dad was a pancreatic. And I, I made a joke on telly once that it was one of the, like, it was the worst one. Some of the other cancer people didn't like that joke, guys. They got, they got really good. No, but it, it's, it's, it's just because it's very, it has no symptoms, basically. So, like, people who get it tend to... Well, they don't know until quite late. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think it's got like a it's like a five percent uh, survival rate, and it, and, it, yeah. and it's interesting. Um, sorry, I know I'm going off topic. You asked no, me no, how long ago, but with but with um, with the way that other people deal with 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 grief, and with particularly if it's a terminal illness, and and again, everyone deals with things differently. There's no right way, but. What used to annoy me a little bit was when people were telling me to be positive. Oh, right, yeah. it, it just really wound me up because I was thinking. I've looked at the stats. Yeah. Now, I'm not going into my dad, you know, yeah. in hospital and going, not looking good for you, dad. Five <laughs> percent, woo, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it, me being positive myself, I understand if, if you've got the illness or you've got, an, and there's negative energy within your body, yeah. and I, you know, I, I can buy that. But me not being part of that, and it ju that just sort of annoyed me a bit. But, it, but then he had a, there's a thing called a, a Whipple surgery um, if you've got uh, pancreatic cancer, and, and, and 
you have, as I say, you have to be lucky enough. That's a ridiculous. Um, but if the tumour is in a certain place at the top, they yeah, can, they they can they, operate, which yes. is very rare. Yes, very so rare he was able to have the Whipple wow. surgery. So then you're suddenly going, it was like, a, wow, wow, we've actually, yeah. maybe this is the one time, because he wasn't very, he wasn't very lucky, my dad, yeah, yeah. generally. You know, he's, <laughs> what he just had, but he used to say it himself, he, he's doing, you know, when your dad's always got that one little j dad joke and saying, yeah. oh, I'm so unlucky. <laughs> it sounds awful. <laughs> he goes, I'm, oh, I'm, so, I'm so unlucky. I could, fall, I could fall into a bucket of nipples and still come out sucking my thumb. Apologies. I said that. It was. It was. Uh, of I'm all different. the little vignettes you thought you were going to hear tonight about death. No, nobody, was, nobody expected that one. So, I'm, so I do apologise. I, I, I would argue if you fell into a bucket of disembodied nipples <laughs> yeah, <it's horrendous. laughs> yeah. and you came up sucking your thumb, you've had a right result. Yeah, to no, I would. <laughs> he, um, I love that saying. So he had the surgery, so for a second you were like, oh my God, this is, um, this is amazing. You know, we, we've, had, we've, we've, we've got hope, but, the, but then, you know, then I had test a few weeks later and we got into lymph nodes and, yeah, and yeah. that was that. But, you know, but, it's, uh, but, he, but the, the point being, he said the minute it's looking like it's fairly imminent he was like because he went from the hospital and went back home and had sort of palliative care at home and he said i don't want to know about it i want to get give me medicate me up i don't i don't want he's gone i'm not going to be sitting on the bed giving speeches yeah. to everyone he said and uh, and a friend of his father had passed away not that long before and did that whole thing with a strong right you know chitons all having the, all the family around him and he went no no, no get, get, yeah, get me well, off my I face know, i don't yeah. want to know anything about it i think that's an interesting um the not wanting to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, the person who's dying not wanting to, to talk about it. Oh, God, is, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting area. For, it was for me when my dad was clearly... How did, how did your dad die? Well, he sort of had a protracted, drawn-out death. Uh, he, he had a stroke. Right. And then it, the stroke, he recovered from the stroke, and then it, it sort of turned into, not sort of, it turned into dementia, but vascular dementia, right. and in my dad's case, it sort of came and went. It was wow. a sort of ebb and flow dementia, so that sometimes he was absolutely as lucid as we're being now, and sometimes he could barely speak. But that would change from day to day. And, and he became um, hugely um, immobile. Now, the, the, what I was going to say was I wanted to talk about it with him. It, uh, was, it yeah. was obviously not far away, um, Although it's very non-specific, yeah, yeah. he had a multiple conditions, but no, there was no sort of one thing. You know, you're, you're, uh, you know, I know your dad was given a time scale, yeah. wasn't he? But there wasn't that with my dad, yeah. but it was so obviously on his way imminent. On the journey, yeah. And and I wanted to talk to him yeah. about it, and he would know absolutely no way did he want to engage in any kind of conversation. Would he just change the subject? Or would he no, I mean, be quite angry. Oh, really? <laughs> quite, I'm not going to talk about it. Wow. Yeah, and, and my mum tried to raise the idea of, of uh, where his ashes should be and yeah. what he wanted, and, and he, he was, I, I couldn't care less. Do what you want with them. I'm not talking about it. Oh, and, okay. and there was never a... I'm trying to think of a way of phrasing it with a, Make it. There was never a sort of um, come and sit here, son, yeah, and yeah. let's have this and have the conversation where you acknowledge I'm dying. Yeah. yeah, but but I think looking back on it, it's a selfish want from you as a child, maybe may yeah. fed to fed to you by um, films that, that 
the person who's leaving is going to do some sort of inspirational speech. Yeah. And really, all my dad was saying was, I don't want to die. Yeah, <laughs> Every yeah. time I spoke to him, he was, I don't want to die. And it, it's yeah. so, my dad didn't acknowledge it either. Yeah. And uh, he was in... Uh, not a hospice, a hospital. I got confused for about two years. My mum corrected me the other week. He was in the cancer ward of a hospital. And I remember, this must have been, like, probably about five days before he died. And obviously, you're a teenager as well, so it's even more difficult. Like, I didn't really have any difficult conversations with him because I was like, oh, I don't know where to begin. Yeah. But my mum was saying, like, Pete, you need to tell us like, what we're going to do with the ashes. And he was like, right, next week, we need to book tickets. We're going to Boston. I've got that conference there. Then we're going to go to Scotland. And I, I remember as a teenager being like, is he? <laughs> what is he on? Like, and I thought, my God, he's just like complete denial. Like just, this is not happening. And then sadly, I think by the time he realized he wasn't in a position to actually have a conversation, he came to six mm. talk. And I felt for years so angry that he didn't talk to me about it. And I agree with you. It is the selfish want of a child. Also, I mean, I'm, I, I have 15-year-old anger, so I'm more angry. You know, I'm more I think, rational anger. I was going to say, I think yeah. it's a big gulf between yeah, yeah, exactly. a, a man in his late 40s. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I do think yeah. it's, a sh- it's a shame. I agree with you. You're never going to get the Hollywood moment. We say this on the show all the time. Like, the Hollywood moment does not exist. Did either of your dads... This is the Dead Dad Club, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing really well. Did, did, um, did either of your dads ever fall into a bucket of nipples? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did... Um, do, do you not, do you not yeah. think? Do you not, do you not think? Um, in in some ways, my, my my dad as well. He 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 didn't talk, but he 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 clung on to me. It was the one thing that that, that stayed with me for a long a long long time after. I found it hard. One time, he, he, it was it was just just me and him. And it made my dad lived in America. He lived in California. So I was sort of toing and froing during that process. And I, I spent about fifteen weeks out there, on and off, um, including the final sort of seven weeks. So. In some ways, everything was, was magnified because if, if, if it's happening at home, you're still, to an extent, going about your daily business. Of course, it's always with you, but you, you might be going to work or doing whatever, where we were just sat there, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, for, uh, uh, you know, and, and but the one thing I really remember was, was, him, was him just grabbing onto me at one point him, and crying and, and saying, I don't want to go. Yeah. And, I, and I think, I don't know how much I want to talk about it m- yeah, myself. Yeah. I know it's inevitable, but I sort of think... You know, and hearing what you both say about it, I think I, I don't think I don't know. I don't think I'd, I would really want to. to I, I, don't think, I don't think it's about going into the detail. I think it was just to acknowledge it. Right. Uh, uh, and to, I, I would have liked a, a moment where we acknowledged <laughs> that, that this wasn't going to go on forever. Does that make sense? Yeah, I definitely felt like I wanted yeah. him to acknowledge he was dying, and then I felt like, do you have anything to say? Like, as your child, does anything you want, anything you want to pass, yeah. you know, pass on? Or not? And it doesn't have to be this big inspirational moment, but I, I felt, and obviously it's very different, I felt like, you're the adult, can't you, like, can't you? <laughs> Aren't you going to pass on some wisdom? Or, can't you sort of, like, get yourself together and, like, say <laughs> something to me? <laughs> yeah. Because I always, I'm always coming from grief as a 15-year-old, I'm stuck in that moment. Yeah. Like, For fuck's sake, what are you doing again? Like... But like, to be honest, Carrie, I went through exactly the same thing. Yeah. If I'm really honest, I went through the same thing yeah. of, uh, of having moments of go uh, of uh, of thinking, "You selfish old man, yeah, yeah, yeah. when are you going to um, uh, uh, tell me how great I am?" Uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't do, want do, great. I just wanted no, no, but how proud you are, and, yeah, and, yeah. Or, or, or or something. But then 
I would catch myself and I would think about them. I'm lucky that I had him a lot longer than you yeah, had your yeah. dad. I think the multitude of times he told me how proud he was of me and the multitude of, t uh, of times that he gave me amazing advice. And I felt ashamed of myself for being irritated with him. But I don't, that's the thing I think is interesting. I don't, I, think, I don't think, well, I'm just saying this, but I don't think you should feel ashamed because I think so much of what it is is that push and pull of love. So, like, the, the want... It's both of you saying, I don't want you to die, really. And I think that's why it's like, it's okay to be frustrated with someone who's dying because the problem is we then feel ashamed and we feel guilty and then we go like, oh, don't admit, don't talk about it, rather than going, yeah, I got annoyed with him even when he was dying because that was our dynamic. Yeah. And it would have been really weird if suddenly I wasn't because I suddenly became an angel teenager and he became an angel father. Like, and he wasn't. He was quite annoying. <laughs> and well, I was it's, quite a, annoying. it's amazing that uh, that's a... To say that the people who are dying can be irritating oh, is such a strange thing. But, uh, yeah. I mean, my dad was, you know, I'm sure he would say himself uh, at times was uh, sensationally irritating. Yeah. And emotions, emotions are high. You know, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. so, so Everything's turned up. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so everything, you know, I, there, were, there were big rows with, with uh, my brother and my sister um, during, even in, in, in the sort of day after uh, he finally died. It was a, it was a huge, huge row. Um, and, and actually, think about the, the way that my dad actually acknowledged it was was generally through dark humor uh, oh, yeah. and um and i think and I, I think it was a it was a massive help there's certain things that i we, we went to go and buy him um it's a blender yeah we went to go and buy him a, a nutribullet um yeah. uh we went down to the to the supermarket and the woman uh on the checkout said to him do you want the additional 12-month warranty with this <laughs> 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 and he paused and went you haven't got a three-month one, have you? <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, there was moments like that that, I, that really stick with me as, yeah. as being, um, yeah, just, just, just being really funny. And, and, and also, he, he sort of didn't do any of that. You know, he'd had a big argument with his, with his brother uh, years and years ago, and, and that w wasn't resolved. And even when, when he, he, he sort of could have, and he, and he came up with a, some really harsh comments that made me go, Ah, oh, that's my dad. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Rather, yeah. rather than, oh, yeah, he's going to do this, like, you know, yeah. he's not going to do the Hollywood ending. He's not yeah. going to resolve anything. He's going to still be bitter about this falling out with his brother <laughs> till the end. Uh, and it sort of felt, I don't know, felt right. But that's, I think that's really important. His brother was bang out order. That's the per yeah, that's the person you know and love. And if they suddenly start, you know, becoming, and I think that's the problem that I had after he died, people started going, oh, you know, and he was this, is that. And I was like, who are you talking about? Yeah. Like, he was a human and, yeah, he was, he was really great in some ways, and he was also really annoying. And, and I want all of that to be remembered, because that's my dad. But when people started going, oh, and, you know, he was a wonderful father, I was like, nah, I mean, there were, there were issues. And I think that's okay, because that's the person I loved, was the flawed person. I couldn't, when he became saint, and especially, well, you want to become a saint, die young and have two children who were quite young at the same time. Like, everyone was like, oh what a man. I was like, this is weird. That's not the truth of it. My dad had a succession of carers. He, he sort of got used to a couple of carers and got on well with them. and That was okay. Then they got changed. I can't remember why. It was some funding issue. I don't know, but they ch changed and a lady came round. And I d it's not unfair to say one of the new carers wasn't especially bright. <laughs> and um, and uh, unlike all of all of the other wonderful carers, uh, this one lady uh, spoke to my dad like he was an infant. 
<laughs> like he was a toddler, yeah, yeah. She was, and she was raising her voice when there was nothing wrong with his hearing. Right. One of the few things that was fucking working. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she was going, how are you? And he was going, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not fine. And then she saw that there was a toy go-kart for my nieces in the, in the garden, and she said, my son's got one of those, and when we bought it for him, he drove it round and round and round all morning. We couldn't get him off it. And my dad looked at her and went, I mean, that is a shit story. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt this surge of pride. And it was like... There he is. He's back in the room. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like that's the bit. That's the bit that you love is the, the personality of a person. If someone starts going, "Oh, they were oh just wonderful," you're like, "That's not who they were." No, I you're love saying those. very nice stories. My dad pretended to be dead. That's dark, isn't it? When, when, when he was in the hospital. <laughs> sort of like we came in the room and he went like eh, and did this and then went and then went got you. <laughs> yeah. my, my, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? We, my brother, my brother and I, uh, and, and my sister was, was just again was sat. My dad was, was pretty much unconscious for the last five days or so, and and had given us instructions to say <laughs> to, to medicate him up, um, and uh, to the point where the the sort of the the, uh, the palliative care nurses were just like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked he's still here. Yeah, you know, right now, yeah. and this is just straight. So you, and we just days off days, and we don't want to leave the bedside. Yeah at this point, um, and so we were just amusing ourselves in different ways, and there was some horse racing on TV, and my, my brother's a, a huge, uh, he even moves to Kentucky to work with horses there, he loves, he's obsessed with horse racing, so my brother's trying to keep things going, he's full of energy, my brother's going, right, okay, right, so dollar bills from, from you, and my dad's friend was there as well, so he's taking all our dollar bills, and he's looked around, and my dad's laying there like that, and he put the money under my dad's hands right, while we watched the race, yeah. and then just paused and looked around and went, it's like Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> So there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, dark humour. Really. I think that, that again, that's the thing why I kind of started the podcast. Like, I think lots of people do have dark humour at that time, and then when you get out of it, when you sort of you know reach the end of it and they're dead and you're sort of coming back into real life, everyone sort of acts like, oh no, of course we wouldn't have done, we wouldn't have done any jokes while they were there, but you have, and then we oh, all God. feel guilty about it. And you're like, if we all admitted, oh yeah, we were all laughing. There was times in that hospital room with me and my mum, my brother, we were laughing because it was so fucking weird. Well, I did a, a whole routine in, in my last show about the day he died we were I, I won't repeat it now but uh, no I won't but, <laughs> but you know in the day he died in that hospital room we uh, there was a stage where we were all crying with laughter because yeah. of an inept nurse actually who came in and said the wrong thing and we were all crying with laughter yeah. and well, <laughs> this, I don't know if this is funny and I don't think there's one person who's not going to thank me for telling you this <laughs> When my dad was clearly, I mean, he's probably already dead, to be honest, yeah. in hospital. Looking back on it, he was taken to hospital. I think he was, it was, just, he was just breathing. I think he probably died at home, is mm. what we all think. Yeah. But he was still, br the, the whatever apparatus within the body keeps the, the breath going. He was, he was still technically alive, but it was clearly he wasn't going to get better. My mum had an awful panic attack. Well, what turned out to be a, a form of panic attack, but she's had heart problems herself. And I guess through lack of sleep and stress, yeah, yeah, of course. she had to be, um, <laughs> she, I don't know, this isn't funny, I know it. <laughs> she, so while my dad was dying, she had to be rushed into 
um, A and E. Oh God! And wired up to, to check her heart because she'd already had a heart attack. Oh so they God. thought she was having another heart attack. Yeah. And while she was in there, I was um, stroking her head. My sister was with Dad, and I remember thinking, "This is the worst possible situation to be in life. We're going to lose both of them yeah, at yeah. the same time." And I was stroking my mum's head, trying to play the adult. And after about five minutes, I looked at my mum and I went, "Is this nice?" And she went, "No." <laughs> <laughs> she opened one eye and she went, "No." It's irritating. <laughs> <laughs> and it really made me laugh because yeah. it told me that she was back in the room. She was back know? in the room. She's the one. Yeah. And that's what we always say on the show. Like, somebody dying, obviously, is not hilarious, but things that happen around someone's death can be absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with finding humour in those moments because, and I say it's like finding pearls and shit, like, the rest of it's so fucking awful. Why shouldn't you have a moment where you laugh and relax and enjoy it? Because you're dealing with this unbelievably painful thing I don't think and I think that's the thing I've noticed like comedians tend to be more like oh yeah this was funny but non people who don't work in comedy will sort of whisper to me like oh we we did laugh because this thing happened but like don't tell anyone I'm like we should all admit that like funny stuff happens it's okay it's absolutely okay hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. So how long ago did your dad die then? So uh, my dad died in 2008. So, so we oh, had... So you just had like 10 years then? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how's that? It was it was it was tough actually. The, the yeah. ten year particularly was. I found was, ten really hard. Yeah. Uh, what was tough and and his his birthday and the day that that he he died were about sort of ten days apart. So uh, you know so I had his uh, yeah had his had his, had his birthday um, and it was it was difficult and also because my my brother and my sister both uh, live in America yeah, and yeah. they were both busy. I didn't get to speak to them. And I left them a couple of messages and so I was I was sort of. Yeah, you know, I was very upset about about it being a ten-year anniversary. My dad and thinking about my dad, but also 
a bit upset and angry, I'll be honest, with, with, with my brother and sister, feeling like that they should have been there, we should have been... Because I think sometimes you expect people to act in how you want them to act, and they don't yeah. always, you know? And, and, you, yeah. and you're sort of like, why aren't you... You know, I'm, desperately, I'm desperate to speak to you, my, yeah. my, my, my brother and sister. Why aren't you answering my calls? So that, that was upsetting. It's really hard because the process of grief... Like, we can say everyone in this room will grieve differently, but when it's very difficult and challenging is when it's different in a family. And I think that can be really hard because you're like, but we have the same dad, what's wrong with you? Like, and like, me and my brother had this running joke for years, I would literally have to text him, it was the anniversary. Because he was like, I just can't remember it. And I, yeah, and I was like, how can you not remember it? Like, who doesn't remember? And then well, I started interviewing people on Griefcast. Um, I started meeting people who go, I can't remember the date. And then he texted me and was like, I've just listened. And turns out Jen can't remember the date either, so it's all right that I can't remember the date. And I was like, oh, I see. You know, people, the date for me is very important. That anniversary is really important. But for him, he made a mental decision at, at 19, to be fair, of just going, I just don't want that day to hover. So I'm going to blank it out. I know it's somewhere in April, and that's all I'm going to do. I think I... I made the same decision and, and very much took the lead in my family. And I, I've, you saying that, I've never actually spoken to my mum and sister about how they feel about that because oh, I, I, uh, I consciously don't mark the date. Yeah. And I consciously don't mark my dad's birthday either. Uh, yeah. And I think the reason is that my grandmother, um, my dad's mum, had, she lost her husband. He, he died when my dad was 21 or something. So she, she lost him when he was 50. Yeah. I don't know. 53. And um, she marked the day every year with a week of mourning up right. to the date. Yeah. And, you know, a, 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 and it was a, a, a big thing in the family. And I think subconsciously, I never, I never liked that. Yeah, yeah. I don't like a day of sadness being on the horizon because I think the for me anyway, and I'm sure for lots of other people, yeah. that the miracle of the grieving process is that imperceptibly, the, the times that you remember, the times I remember my dad imperceptibly moved from sad, sad, happy, sad, yeah, sad, yeah. sad, into happy. So that nearly every time I remember him now, I'm filled with joy and mm. happiness. Nearly every time. And I don't want there to be a I don't want yeah. there to be a sad milestone on the on the calendar, and yeah. so I've told Mum and Sean, and I must ask them. How they feel about <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. they might be meeting without you. That's what me and well, Mum do. <laughs> the, the, they certainly might be yeah. talking with, without me. Yeah. I mean, I do. Talk, I'm not a monster about it. I do <laughs> acknowledge it when I talk to my mum. Yeah, I acknowledge yeah. it, it's the day, but for me, the day really means nothing. Yeah, yeah. and it really does. The only reason I would mention it is because I, I think. Perhaps mum would want me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I've learned doing the show is that, to me, that day, it's not a day of sadness. It's just, for me, it feels like it's just a moment to take stock and be like, it was today. It was 10 years ago. It was 15. And I just, I find that day really, I do find it sad, but I sort of enjoy that I know that's the day I can feel shit that day and I'm allowed and I can remember it right, and I can think right. about him and I can just have that moment to be like, Okay, that's where I'm at. But I, my brother feels exactly the same. He was like, "Why do I want this, you know, this day of sadness?" But I don't, I don't, see, you know. Again, it's so personal. And that's of, co of course. I'm believe me. I'm not suggesting for a second that my system is <laughs> the correct system. No, 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 <laughs> you no, know? no, no. And I'm no, not no. suggesting that my grandmother yeah, yeah. was to be criticised for, you know, you, you oh, must yeah. do it how, however it suits you. Yeah, but definitely. I voiced to them early doors. I don't want there to be 
this cloud on the horizon. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about him and let's celebrate him. And you know, but I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. I've also, I've also had anniversary years where, depending on what I'm doing yeah. as well, where obviously I've thought about it, but haven't been sort of racked with, yeah, with, with yeah, grief that yeah. day. And then other times where, because I say, my, my dad, my, although my dad lived, he lived in America, we, we used to speak every day, I think, on the phone. Certainly, it would be unusual if we didn't speak five or six times in a week. Wow. Um, and we were sort of like best, best mates. It was more, it was a dad, father son, but more of a best mate relationship. So if I was driving back, doing comedy gigs up north somewhere, because of the time difference in America, mm. uh, and he had like free calls in the UK, so I'd, I'd, I'd sit and have, you know, I'd have like a hands-free kit on driving, on some, you know, it can be really boring drivers, you know, you know, driving back from late night gigs and having a good laugh, chat with my dad. So it left a, it left a, a real emptiness. Yeah. Um, and, and then so certain times would be, you know, just as you think you get over again, everyone here has obviously dealt with, with, with grief in some way, and it's almost like, you know, pool, you know pools of sorrow, waves of, of grief hitting yeah. you, you know, to just, just bang where, where you, you just get it out of nowhere, you'd be, or you'd be listening to something on the, the radio. I remember once it was, I think it was uh, Rory McIlroy or someone had, had won a golf competition was talking about how proud their father or something, and then so, poof, and it just, just hits yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, and, and I went back to, well, I've been back a few times, but there was a particular road that I was driving on uh, when I was out in America a couple of months ago, and I suddenly realised I was by, near where my dad used to live, um, but I'd sort of taken a back road because yeah. the, the sat nav had taken me around the wrong way, so I didn't recognise, and suddenly, and I, and I sat outside the house uh, that, that, he used to live, uh, that, that he was in and that, and that was really hard and, just, and sort of just hit me with, with, uh, with, uh, with un, sort of uncontrollable sobbing for a second, which, which I hadn't had for a long time, it was, it was and it felt unusual. Because did, it just, it, did, did it feel, was it entirely sad? Uh, it, it, it was, but it was also happy times from, from where they lived there. But it was just, it, it just. It's I mean, that moment was that moment. It, yeah, it, it was sad. The loss was, was sad, coupled with remembering happy yeah. times at that particular house. Because um, yeah, my dad had a lot of ups and downs over, over, over his life, you know, and 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 and, uh, and that was a particularly happy time. But it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was sort of nostalgic and 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 very and sort of very upsetting at the at the same time. And it's just funny how, how it can just whack you. Oh, God, yeah. And I think that's really important, like, you know, the grief process or journey, however you want to label it. Like, I definitely found, I was so surprised at, like, 10 years, the same. I was like, what? Why should it matter? Why should 10 be a thing? But right. I had, so... Uh, last year was the 20th anniversary and that was really, <laughs> I found that really hard because it just seems like such a big number and again I would say years 16, 17, 18 I was like a bit sad but like, oh it's my dad's anniversary today I, like, that's I, right, I, I sort of get that I sort yeah. of get a rounded number and, yeah. and, and a big passage of time I yeah. get, I'm yet to, you know, I'm only four years since yeah, dad died yeah. so I'm yet, so maybe I'll change my <laughs> my, um, my debate so, significant yeah, it's so dependent on where you're, and I think it's what you we talked about at the beginning of like where you're at in your life as well, or like you know if you're b very busy that day or something good is happening, you can kind of like buffer yourself a little bit and you can be like, oh today is sort of like not getting me, but like you said, those like and everyone describes it as waves. I think that's like a universal description of like you feel it just like slap you in the face and you're like and I know that you're like where the did that come from like and you're suddenly sobbing but I find the sobbing is a little bit shorter than it used to be that's what I find as, as the years yeah. go by the sobbing used to be like a whole day 20 years on you'll do five minutes you think I feel better I'm all right I had a I had a really um, and Barry talking about that moment I, and I know I've told you this uh, I had a 
really odd. Mm. I'm not at all religious. I'm sure you're going to come on to that at some point. <laughs> sure. but I'm not remotely religious, and I, you know, I am. A, I, I feel fairly sure this is it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had a weird thing when my dad died because it was a hectic time for me. Because weirdly, I was writing a sitcom, a sitcom at the time where Rick Mail played my dad. He died. Uh, and so I was panic rewriting a sitcom. Yeah. And then two months later, my real dad died. So I had um, the, old, the old double dad death. Yeah, that, and, is, um, <laughs> that must have been so hard. <laughs> and um, it was... That must have been so surreal. It was a strange period because, yeah. of course, the people who pay, who'd paid for the sitcom were very kind and were sort of take you take as long as you need. But after a certain period, it's like, so no. <laughs> uh, no. Um, we'll, Is now that time? We'll no, write, you, uh, okay. no, you're better. <laughs> Quite reasonably. So yeah. I had to get on with it. So, you know, I was with my family for the correct amount of time and, and then I had to write it and it was frantic. And something weird happened. Uh, and that is, because I was, like Barry, I was really close to my dad. You know, we had a very similar, I think, from us talking, we had a very similar relationship with our dads. And um, I forgot, I forgot how he sounded. Oh, yeah. I forgot his voice. Yeah. And I'm sure you've come across this before. But I, I couldn't remember how he sounded. And we had tapes so I could hear him. Um, and I bet, I bet... Uh, some of you have experienced this. I couldn't remember his bloody voice. Yeah. And it drove me mad. Nice. And, and I, I only realised it after that frantic period of work was over. And I was on holiday. So six, eight months after his death. Mm. And I went on a road trip with a friend um, across America. Specifically, Roisin Conti. Yeah. And uh, we did a road trip down the, um, the one route up to San Francisco. And... I wasn't, I wasn't sitting there thinking, why can't I remember my dad's voice? But I had clocked it that I yeah. couldn't remember it. And we were driving along, and um, a swing song came on. And I, I, weirdly, I can't remember what it was, but my dad loved swing and had a very specific dance to swing that involved <laughs> moving his, his fists like this. And just out of nowhere, he um, returned. Wow. And, and, I, and I mean... I'm not, and I'll emphasise again, I'm not religious, and I don't think I had, I don't think he in any way returned to me in spirit form. Yeah. But, but it was like my brain went, okay, you've had long enough now, here he is again. And I, I, I saw him. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. didn't. I didn't see a ghostly apparition. Yeah, yeah. But it was so vivid that I saw him um, doing that stupid dance uh, in front of me. Oh, and, I, wow. and his voice flooded back into my brain, and it was... So peculiar, and and I did say I burst into tears, um, but it was very shortly followed by genuine happiness for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was, you know, it's so difficult not to speak in cliche, but it genuinely felt like I had him back. Yeah, in a yeah. weird way. No, it's it's really because I'm equally not. I'm not religious, and. You know, especially when someone dies at 15, you sort of have this, like, maybe they're in heaven? Like, that's what everyone kind of told me. <laughs> so you're, like, a little bit hopeful. And then as you get older, you're like, I don't know, guys. It's like, and I I know that experience that you're talking about. You're like, it, it feels like somebody's here, and that's a bit strange. And then it goes. And, and who the fuck knows what that is? But I had years where he definitely, oh, there he is. <laughs> 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 oh. Hello. 
Don't test him, you see. The old, it was, it was the a, old Gloucester. The old Gloucester. Dad, I'm in the middle of talking. That is so typical of you. <laughs> I, um, had, I had a, gla- a glass, not a glass moment, but when I was on the same trip to America. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've, I think no, I have, I've talked over you there. No, God. I just had this moment where I was staying in a hotel um, by a beach. Um, and down on the beach, there was this seagull looking at me. And there was no other seagulls there, and it was like this. And I went, nah. And I I went to the loo, and when I came back, the solitary seagull of fucking Cannery Row had flown onto my balcony and was sitting there with his head (laughs) caught looking at me. And I I stared at that seagull for ten minutes. (laughs) And and I went, oh, pull yourself together. (laughs) And the seagull flew off. But I... I genuinely thought if he was going to do anything, he would come back as a seagull <laughs> and, and cock his head at me. These yeah. weird moments, these weird moments. Have I you had a, stuff like that, I, uh, No, but I, I did a gig in, um, in, in uh, Bangor uh, in North Wales uh, once, and it was a really, really long journey with, with delays to the train, uh, and it was cold. And, you know, bang, bang, that's, that's some of that North, Wales, North Walian coast is, is, is beautiful in the summer. But tough oh, in the winter. And you're yeah. there out of season. And, um, <laughs> and the, the, the two most depressing things I saw, um, what, one was uh, when I got to the B&B, they put me up in and I opened up the curtains and there was a dead seagull on the, <laughs> on, 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 just outside on the windowsill. And I, yeah, I, Dad I, told me he was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> He was pretending, he was like... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the other was walking to the gig and seeing a, a, a one-armed man playing pool on his own. I don't know why, it just looked... <laughs> there was something about that after the seagull as well. There was just no, something that just looks like, oh, did you know, look from a pub window, it was just grim. Was play, yeah, playing pool on his own. What do you think of your own, your own funerals? Have you had any thoughts about that? Is there any, like, music you want played? I have a real, th- I have a thing about this. Okay. I sort of won't dictate <laughs> um, to anybody okay. uh, how I want my funeral to be. And I, and I don't really like other people dictating it to me. <laughs> I don't... Do you think it's up to the people who are left, basically? Well, I think it's... Uh, t- you can say I that. think everybody's got to do, uh, Every family's got to work it out their way. Yeah. But I don't want to be told to wear bright colours uh, or, 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 or to be happy... <laughs> at the yeah. funeral of somebody who I loved. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. a thing of mine. It's, it's sort of none of your business how I react at your funeral yeah, yeah. Is, is how I feel. And, and, you know, and I've been at funerals. I was at a funeral of a friend whose dad had died and, and she was wearing a big, bright, happy dress because she was told to. And she was clearly not happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I sort of think when I, when I die, you know, anyone who cared for me, you can react however you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and but don't get me wrong. If you want to buy, a, if you want to uh, play dress. the flute and wear a big dress, it's fine. <laughs> I'm I w- going to do that, Greg. Good. So you know. <laughs> please, please. I'm going to play the flute. Whoever <laughs> you're, I'm going to track down your family and be like, no, no, I told him this. I'm, I am going to make sure you're invited <laughs> to play the flute. And I love the correct assumption that I'm going before you. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Barry, what do you think? I, yeah, I, I've, I've got a weird thing about about funerals, and, and, and my, my my dad insisted on not having a funeral. Oh, wow. Yeah, some people, Catherine Ryan said that as well. Mm. She was like, no funeral, nothing. She, uh, he insisted on it, um, uh, and so he died in he died in America and, and in California, and they, they have a 
quite often I think the way they work it is that you're cremated before the service anyway if you were to have a, a funeral. I think that's yeah. the way around they do it. But he, so he, so we, we basically had a barbecue out there with, 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 uh, <laughs> that wasn't the cremation. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to do, it's free and easy. <laughs> Californians are very relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like a, yeah. I felt disrespectful imagining mine as a seagull. A friend of had a get together and it was just very, you know, we put a slideshow uh, together. And, we came, and then my brother came over about a week and a half later and, and my dad, his only instructions were that he wanted. He wanted his ashes uh, scattered. He wanted. He wanted. He, I mean, he's everywhere. To be honest, he wanted some at uh, the River Mole, where he used to go fishing years ago, near, near where, where, where we used to live. Uh, he wanted some at um, Spurs's ground, the White Hart Lane. Um, and I called the. Uh, yeah, you're not allowed, are you? Or did no. you sneakily, everyone sneakily does. Well, it, this is this. So, this, so, so my brother was only over, and there was a there, there was a match while he was over. Yeah. So we got tickets for the match, and I and I and I called. The, the Tottenham Hotspur press uh, people I asked, they said, no, no, we don't do that. It affects the soil. Well, I don't think it does that, but whatever, right? <laughs> so what we did, decided was, we're going to go to the match, and we took my granddad with us as well, and typically we end up getting seats, because we booked quite late, um, right up in, so we are trying to drag my 83-year-old grand up to the seats, and then, uh, and, and we lost. Uh, and, and, and then, um, we, so we, we decided that if we couldn't get them to do it there and then, uh, we would book a stadium tour the next day oh, and we'd fun. do it like the Great Escape yeah, out of yeah, our trousers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, either way, we're, we're going to do this. Uh, we, we, we go down to the steward. As the game's finished, we go down towards yeah. the pitch and this guy, excuse me, you can't go down there. And my brother's going, I just want to get a picture from White, White Hart Lane. He goes, no, you can't. Can you stop, please? Can you come back? And it, it look, I mean, he seems like a bad actor. It seems like a sketch <laughs> and he's a bad actor. And my brother just walks down to the pitch. Goes, come back here. And I'm filming the whole thing. And my brother's just got a handful. And he just walks onto the pitch. He goes, come on, you Spurs. And he, he just releases his hand. And there's just a cloud of dad. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was brilliant. So cloud we, of dad. Yeah. So we, <laughs> so we, um, yeah, we, we, we had it. And, and then I've, I've still got some in the box that were just sitting next to the team. TV that I don't know what to do. I just I don't know what well, to do. With. My dad, well, my, was in, my, my dad was in the wardrobe for ten years. Yeah. For us, it was a big thing of like you know because you know he died young and my, we were teenagers. We just waited until I think we were all kind of ready, and then we went and just scattered them in Wales. Cause but your dad had specific. <gasps> yeah, he did. Weirdly, he didn't want the funeral, but yeah, but there was some. So so then his best friend um, uh, scattered some of the golf. Uh, club where they used to play um, uh, and was like sprinkling them on golf balls and <laughs> golf balls. And <laughs> he's there was a bit on my um, my, my sister. They put, they put a bit in a pendant. My dad's best mate for my sister Aww. when she got married, so that so that he was walking her down the oh, aisle. That's so nice. um, but so yeah, weird. He, he didn't want the funeral. But for me, I don't. I, I honestly don't care. And and weirdly, and again, everyone does things differently. It's no judge. Yeah. But but part of me thinks it takes a certain amount of ego. From, from some people who go, right, I'm having this, this, and this, then this is happening, as if the, I don't know, as if it's like a wedding planning. Yeah, I find it a bit yeah. bizarre. And, and, and music-wise, again, whatever anyone wants to do, I don't want, I mean, I don't want people to enjoy themselves too much, but, 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 <laughs> but music-wise, just none of the, the cheesy, like... Wind beneath my wings. My yeah, wind my way. No offence if anyone has. Yeah, no, my them. way. Wind beneath my wings. Always look on the bright side of life. Angels, Robbie Williams. Yeah. And the worst. I went to a funeral of uh, a friend's dad who died, and they played, they played the long and winding road, right? 
but not the Beatles version, Gareth Case and Will Young. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I couldn't believe it. I, was, like, I couldn't even the whole. I was like, what? Shall Why? I tell you what my um, when my grand when my mum's dad died, um, they'd moved to Shropshire, where where my family are from, and um, they, uh, he was cremated. And then we were outside, and it was perfectly nice, uh, you know, send-off. And we were outside being, making polite conversation, and the funeral director was a real Shropshire bumpkin. He, was, he came over and goes, all right, Mrs. Davis, uh, you were happy with that? And she went, yeah, thank you. Thank you, John. That was um, really lovely. It was just how we'd hoped to say goodbye to him. He went, ah, that's it. And then I saw in his eyes that's where his social skills end. <laughs> I mean, he's been a funeral director his whole life, and yeah. he was a man in his mid-60s. And, and, but I could see he was going, oh, that's all I've got to say, but I should say more. And there was a pause while we both stood there. And then he looked back at the chimney uh, of the crematorium. No. And he thumbed it like that. And then he looked back at us and he went, we're having a bit of trouble with the burner today. <laughs> <laughs> I have never in my life. And my mum reacted exactly as you've just reacted. And it was her dad. She went, I, I don't want to know about that, John. He goes, no. No. <laughs> you keep that to yourself, thanks, John. That's the burner as well. Oh, oh that is awful. Uh, uh, can I say, sorry, just quickly, and, and, um, with um, a, a, a comic that, that, that we, uh, the, it, there's a guy called, uh, you might say, it was on the news and stuff, a guy called Ian Cognito. Yeah, he um, just died, yeah. Yeah, he, he died at a, at a gig. It was a big, big, sh big shock. Uh, he died recently. Uh, and uh, I, I, I couldn't make it down to the funeral down in Bath, but I've seen all the pictures spoken to people, and they really went so. So, again, this wasn't something that was planned by him, and, and it was for other people, but there was probably, I think it was like two, 250 odd people there, and it went to the wake, and, and lots and lots of comment. This guy was a real character as well, so yeah. and he was, he was uh, um, lots and lots of stories. You know, people like uh, Jeff Green, comic, flew over from Australia for the funeral. So, and that was a real, that felt like a real coming together of, of friends and family. And they brought Rob in the hearse. He, he uh, apparently he turned up in like an old battered up builder's van <laughs> with, the coffin, really? with the coffin in the back. And they sort of, they ran it as almost as, as, a, as a gig, almost. Yeah, yeah. And that weirdly, you know, from everyone that was there, felt, but they, felt really but appropriate. But they did it. Yes, they and did that's it. And yeah. that, that, that's what... In answer to your question yeah, some yeah. minutes ago, that's what I would <laughs> prefer is that, that the funeral is dictated by those that know you yeah. rather than you handing out instructions. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it, For it, me. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I, my dad was not, didn't really say anything, but I felt like what we did, it felt right because, mm. you know, my mum made those decisions and she knew him pretty well. <laughs> so, like, everything about it felt right, but it was just, you just have that slight lingering. Is that what he would have wanted with his ashes? Because <laughs> you don't know. You were saying um, earlier about when you were a kid and going, you know, fingers crossed there is a, yeah. there is a, a heaven. Uh, and I suppose in some ways, I'm not religious, and in some ways, and my, and my dad certainly wasn't, and there was a real problem when one of the nurses was, tr was insisting on oh. getting, so when are we going to get the priest? When are we going to get the priest? And I thought, wow. well, he doesn't want a priest. And she kept on and on, and my, to the point it was angering my, my dad in the end, because yeah. she was very religious. And was, um, um, but um, do you think that it is a lot easier for, for people who do believe in uh, in a heaven because it, it always my, my ex's parents uh, 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 my mum kept saying to me he'll be looking down on you now and I, you, I said, and I said a, a that's not a comfort to me <laughs> no, secondly because no. my dad was my dad was such a social person yeah. that 
that would be torture. If my yeah. dad was there, I'd go and all having a good time without me. He'd be gutted, yeah, you know. Yeah. So that wasn't. But I always wonder whether whether it is that whether people you know who who, who do believe in in, in heaven and, and do yeah. it, it, surely it must be much more comforting. Well, I think be. from my experience of speaking to people, it definitely offers a comfort, but it doesn't take away their pain and their grief. So they still have this still unbearable pain, but they have this you know, this end game is the wrong word, but like this sort of like, in the depths of my pain, they're in heaven. So there is and always this... And we will this, meet again. Yeah, and we'll meet yeah. again. I find that really, like, I find that so hard because for me, that's torture. That's yes. torture to think I'm going to meet him again and it might not happen. I have no, I think, I cannot deal with that. But like, also, I'd, I'd say to, to <coughs> people who say that to me and say, oh, you know, he'll be up in heaven looking down at you. I'm going, what? Is, is he up there in the state he was in when he died? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. His magic back to a few years ago when he died. <laughs> yeah. What? what? Is that I don't the understand. <clears throat> yeah, I don't understand. How does it work? Yeah. So I, I just, yeah, I couldn't. And also saying that to a 15-year-old girl, can I tell you, is terrifying. But your dad yeah. is watching you. It's like, wh when? When <laughs> yeah, is he yeah, watching? Yeah. <laughs> I really don't want that because I'm doing some stuff with this guy. I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. Like, it's really I think terrifying. My, my dad would have been exactly the same as yours, would be looking <laughs> down from heaven. Uh, seeing us having a good time, going, what are you do? Yeah. Why are you having a good time? I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. How can you? Yeah. How can you be enjoying it? Yeah. Horrible. Just and he would have to... wanted us to be really sad. Didn't <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? You can be sad. It matters. Someone matters. But you know, it's. I, I think it must be a comfort. I, I imagine it's a huge comfort yeah, if, yeah. if you're a person of faith. And, and I, I'm about to say something so cliched, but I, I really. I really do feel him with me. Yeah, And yeah, I know, yeah. uh, but that's because I was lucky enough to know him so well. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, my logic is I, I knew him so well <coughs> that I know how he would react in every situation. And I know yeah. specifically how he would judge every person I ever meet. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. and his, his horrible little cynical voice is, is taking the piss out of everybody <laughs> in my brain all the time. And, yeah. and I... I do you remember, you remember <laughs> we shouldn't end what's been such a lovely chat <laughs> by talking about um, Cracker starring Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> <laughs> we should, we should. And we are wrapping up, we're wrapping up. But um, there was an episode of that that's really lived with me. It was long before my dad died, mm. where um, um, Cracker's dad, uh, mum died in oh, the yeah. series. And um, um, the character, I can't remember who wrote Cracker. It's a brilliant writer. Jimmy McGovern. Yeah, Jimmy McGovern. McGovern. Um, uh, had his character say, we spend so much time, I'm paraphrasing, so if in the unlikely event Jimmy McGovern's listening to this, I apologise. <laughs> we, we spend so much time uh, worrying about, needless, needlessly worrying, that when something real happens, like the death of someone that you love as much as we clearly loved our deaths, um, it, it's almost... I, th I think he used the word delicious <laughs> because it's so real yeah, and, yeah. It's, and it's so worthy of your time yeah. that um, it, I think it does make you stronger because it contextualizes so much of the crap that you waste your time on. Mm. And I, there is, I'm not saying <laughs> in any way I enjoyed it, but, no, but no, there, is so, there is something sobering. Uh, about it, and there is strength in it. Does that make and sense? Yeah, yeah, and I think I also feel I feel privileged that I was there with that experience. I lived it with him, and I carry that with me. I don't. I feel yeah. like yeah, like I'm glad that I know that yeah, life you're is about that. Yeah, the torch. Yeah, and that life know. is about death, and that's okay, and you survive yeah. it. Like I think that's. 
I think Jim in the government was wise. That's a good word to end on. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming and sitting with us talking about death. Please give a massive round of applause for Greg Davis and Barry Castagnolo, everybody. And Corrad Lloyd. Wow. <laughs> you can follow Greg on Twitter at G Davies. And you can follow Barry on Twitter at Barry Castagnola, and that's C-A-S-T-A-G-N-O-L-A. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast. Please do join us there. We're always retweeting stuff and talking to people who want advice or just to communicate stuff about death. It's a really wonderful space to be in. The show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios and the music was provided by the Glue Ensemble. If you'd like more information about Loris Hospice, you can head to loros, L-O-R-O-S where they have information of the services they provide and all the charity fundraising they are doing and how you can support them. And remember, you are not alone. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.